Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for market intel, forecasts, and strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. Thank you for being with us. This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Check it out. It is the ultimate in commercial broker training. The, the uh, reviews, the five-star reviews are just crazy. Uh, if you're in the real estate business, commercial real estate business, check out CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Well, we have a fun show for you today. You know, one of the sectors that's been kind of going crazy over the last many years is industrial real estate. But what should we expect moving forward and, and how are things going right now? You know, we've had interest rate increases. We've had some fluctuations in the economy. We've had supply issues. Uh, so what's it mean for industrial real estate? Will the good times uh, keep rolling? Let's find out. Please welcome my guest. It's Dr. Ermengarde Jabir, and she is the assistant director with Moody's Analytics. Uh, Dr. Jabir, thank you for joining us. Thank you very much for inviting me on the program. Good to have you. And uh, I think the first thing that the audience may be curious about, when you look at industrial properties overall across the country, um, how are they performing right now? Are you seeing any trends there? They have been performing remarkably well over the past 12 to 18 months. Uh, the industrial sector is really a CRE superstar at the moment, along with multifamily, of course. It has emerged as the clear winner uh, from, from the pandemic landscape. And what we're seeing is that despite early headwinds at the start of the year related to negative GDP growth, and, and record high inflation, industrial, especially the distribution warehouse sector, really hasn't gotten the memo. So uh, occupancy levels and, and rental rate increases still just happening left and right? <laughs> Absolutely. So for example, as a little bit of a teaser in advance of our first glance report that I also write on the industrial sector that will be coming out uh, later this month, our, our numbers are showing that vacancy is at a, at a record low, again, right around 5%. And even though rent growth isn't at the 3% growth we were seeing quarterly uh, in 2021, it's still really quite high uh, between 1.5% and 2% uh, nationally. And so that's really showing that, again, while the general economy is perhaps faltering uh, and slowing down in, in, in certain in certain manners uh, with consumer sentiment, for example, at, at a, a low, even lower than it was at the start of the pandemic, it's now below uh, 60. Uh, the industrial sector just keeps on keeps on chugging along uh, very positively. And again, it's still positive growth, even though it's not necessarily the the record breaking growth we were seeing in 2021. Yeah, I mean it's pretty remarkable at one and a half to two percent a quarter. I mean that's what six to eight percent annually. And and do you expect that to to continue? I I think one thing we see as brokers doing transactions is that 
some of these leases are long on these industrial properties. So there might be some rate shock for some of these tenants. Do you expect these uh, uh, increases at these levels to continue? So, so we're forecasting continued, uh, continued vacancy decline uh, through, through the rest of this year. It won't be much more significant than where we are now, but we do expect vacancy to end 2022 uh, somewhere below, below 5%, certainly, between 45 to 4.9%, and then also be around 4.5% next year. And in terms of effective rent growth, we're still expecting high effective rent growth. Again, not, not as high as last year, but still around 5% for the year, which is by industrial standards, really by any sector standards, extremely healthy. Yeah, I mean, that, that certainly is. And let's uh, jump to uh, cap rates and, and valuations because we've really seen some really low cap rates in the industrial space, especially for um, institutional uh, quality product with long leases and, and credit tenants. Well, what are you seeing trend-wise for cap rates as you guys are uh, tracking those in the industrial world? Yes, so industrial cap rates are definitely trending downward. They've been doing so pretty steadily for the past four to six quarters. Uh, the 12 month rolling average cap rate is now below 7% and has been so for, for the past few quarters. So, so it's, it's very, very uh, promising in terms of the quality of, of industrial. It's a quality, quality CRE product and it's standing out. It's making a mark and it's definitely competing with multifamily in terms of attracting investors. Yeah, and I'm sure there's a lot of investors out there that would love to find some 7% cap rate industrial properties to buy. And as our audience knows, uh, these cap rates are, are, we're talking averages for the country overall classes right now, because we've certainly seen some of those uh, cap rates really low in the three and fours for some of this industrial product, haven't we? Right, so depending on where the properties are located. They obviously have lower cap rates, but but the number I quoted earlier was more generally for for the country nationwide. So there's there's lots of opportunity, and there's also a lot of competition. And I would say that the fact that we've experienced record absorption in the industrial sector, again, particularly the distribution and warehouse subsector is making the industrial sector extremely attractive for investors. And what are you seeing on uh, new supply levels? Obviously, there's been a lot more spec in the industrial world over the last several years than I've ever seen in, in my career. Uh, what's the current trend for new supply and industrial? The current trend in, in new supply is that there's the desire to build, but there are a lot of headwinds. So if we think back to 2020, we had record new supply at around 200 uh, million square feet that came online. Naturally, we expect that this year will be, will be below the record again, but we still expect high new supply, uh, new completions for, for 2022. But I did mention the headwinds and some of the biggest headwinds are the cost of raw materials, 
which have shot up due to inflation. Additionally, the cost of labor, we're in a very tight labor market at the moment uh, at roughly 3.6% unemployment. So really the people who want jobs have them. And so all of these factor into the slower production of new industrial properties. But then again, you have the benefit in the industrial sector that especially, again, in warehouse distribution, and I'll touch on flex R&D in a moment, but in warehouse distribution, even though traditionally it's just a concrete box, there's a lot of new technology that's going into, into these properties related to automation. So that, of course, slows down the process. And then there's another factor that's playing heavily into the cost of building, which is the cost of land. The cost of land has has risen and more generally in places that are in high demand for warehouse distribution properties like the Inland Empire, San Bernardino Riverside, or uh, the I-95 corridor between Washington, D.C. and Philadelphia, for example, there's just simply no more no more land. Uh, so what's happening is that the, for example, the Inland Empire really is moving moving inland now to to Phoenix, to Las Vegas. And so what we're seeing in those areas is that developers are moving inland, searching for less expensive land, basically making it cheaper to build. But at the same time demand is is rising and so rents in these areas have risen tremendously and where once there was quite a big disparity between effective rents say between phoenix and san bernardino riverside the gap is really shrinking now so i have more examples of that i mean here here on the east coast like i mentioned earlier along the i-95 corridor developers from maryland are actually looking south to the Richmond area because it still has good access to the transportation links of the highways. Uh, but again, land is more plentiful and, and less expensive. And you mentioned flax in R&D space. What do you see there? So in, in, in that space, it's, it's very interesting because, and this is a little bit of a tease for a research paper that will be coming out later this year. But what we're seeing is that there are a lot of blurring of lines in terms of the actual use for properties. So in the data center space, for example, that is categorized traditionally as flex R&D space. But increasingly, it could be almost categorized as office space because the work from home workforce relies on, on data centers. And so what we're seeing is that as work from home persists, data centers are becoming ever more crucial because a company's employee base can be spread all over the country, but they still need to be able to access their, their company networks. And then, of course, in, in that data center space, in terms of construction, there are many things that one has to think of. So, for example, Phoenix is becoming a hot data center area. And not to bring it back to the East Coast again, but Loudoun County uh, in Northern Virginia has traditionally been the largest and still is the largest center for, for data centers. But what we're seeing is, again, this need for less expensive land and uh, closer access to the spread out 
workforce is is causing this push to explore other areas. And so Phoenix has really emerged. But one of the biggest issues is that data centers require a lot of cooling and the cooling is usually done with water. And so in, in a desert area that is already having issues with water shortages, how sustainable is it really to maintain data centers out there for the long term if the data centers are now competing with residents for, for water? Good point. We're talking with Dr. Ermengarde Jabir. With, she is the Assistant Director of Moody's Analytics, and we're talking industrial real estate. And, and one of the things that's uh, on everyone's mind, I think, in the commercial real estate business today are uh, rising interest rates. What do you expect uh, to happen with industrial real estate? What might the impact be from rising rates? Rising rates, of course, affect the cost of capital. And when the cost of capital rises, it causes developers to rethink their decision-making. However, it's important to note that in the industrial sector, because the sector has been so hot and developers and investors are looking at the long-term future, there has been a lot of spec development of cold storage facilities, for example. And that's interesting because presumably developers are thinking that people need to eat and take their medicine regardless of regardless of external macroeconomic conditions. So that small segment is is doing really well. I would say that overall, if the numbers make sense, despite inflation and higher interest rates, developers obviously will keep on developing as long as they're making a profit. Uh, but it, it's yet to be seen. And I think that what's interesting in industrial is that there isn't really a noticeable slowdown happening, despite all of the uh, exogenous macro, macro factors that we're seeing in the economy. Uh, nonetheless, if there is any kind of significant slowdown in, in retail spending, then the industrial sector is likely to be quite affected by that because industrial, particularly warehouse and distribution relies heavily on the consumer spending sector as being an intermediary in, in that business. So for example, if we look at e-commerce, e-commerce was right around 12% as a share of total retail sales before the pandemic. And it shot up to north of 16%. And since that second quarter of 2020, when it peaked at 16.4%, it's come down to just north of 14% as of the first quarter of 2022. And so on the surface, that might be a little bit alarming, but it looks as though the series is really returning to its original growth path. So that very much puts us within striking distance of e-commerce as a share of retail sales reaching 20% uh, in the next decade, which is very good news for the industrial sector. Yeah, and there's been some talk of, uh, I guess it was Amazon, right, pulling out of, of some deals, right? So maybe they're already starting to feel a little bit of that pinch? In a way, yes. I would say that Amazon is certainly a, a company apart, as it were. I, it's likely that they have 
invested in land and built warehouses as a long-term real estate play looking forward to the to the future and and thinking that e-commerce will eventually keep expanding in in a significant way but i would say that yes in the in the short term the fact that they have paused the construction and opening of several planned facilities across the country is indicative of the fact that yes right now in the short term e-commerce retailers are feeling the pinch as as consumers reassess their spending habits. Yeah, industrial sure seems like the the place to be. You know, you think about the supply, you know, people used to do just in uh, just in time and now it's just in case, right? We need to have things ready to go. And then you think about onshoring, right, of companies uh, really wanting to have services and, and factories and things here in the U.S. It seems like Everything's pointing uh, rosy for industrial. What what would you leave our audience with to think about an industrial moving ahead? Yes. Yeah, so as you said, everything is pointing rosy, rosy for industrial, and the global supply chain issue has has definitely impacted absorption positively because many countries, I'm sorry, many companies rather have basically gotten their hands on on as much product as as possible and stored them in their warehouses. So much so that it's actually pushed out smaller retailers who have either been priced out or spaced out of the market and has driven them basically to to self-storage. And so self-storage has also done done really well for, for that reason amongst many other reasons. But as a final takeaway thought, I'd certainly say that industrial, while not immune to macro shocks, is certainly continuing to show a lot of promise and and will continue to grow positively, albeit perhaps not as rapidly as the record-breaking growth that we've seen over the past 12 to 18 months. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's great to see my industrial friends and developers and brokers uh, that we used to think of them as the uh, dirty shoes guys. Uh, now they have very shiny shoes, very big smiles on their face. Uh, Dr. Jabbar, thank you for uh, being with us. Thank you very much. All right. And thank you for joining us around the country. Please let us know what you think. And we appreciate uh, you sharing the show. If you will, uh, give us a review and uh, recommend us to some folks. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Buxton. Take leasing site selection and due diligence to the next level. Make the right decisions with on-demand mobile data. Visit BuxtonCo.com. By Bull Realty. For proven commercial real estate asset and occupancy solutions, contact me. My email is michael at bullrealty.com. By Commercial Agent Success. Expert level commercial real estate broker training. Cloud Access 1, up to 21 one-hour videos. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Thank you for reviewing, subscribing, and sharing America's commercial real estate show.